Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Grizzly Bear Bets podcast on the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chase Bobbitt. Today is Friday, February 10th, 2023, and we have survived the trade deadline. We are back on the other side of the trade deadline looking at a what seems to be a fully constructed Memphis Grizzly team heading into now the remainder, remainder of the season and then the playoffs. Grizzlies didn't make the moves that I think any fan would have wanted them to make in terms of just a bigger splash in the market, especially with the Kevin Durant news, Kyrie Irving news, players like that coming to the Western Conference. You would have liked the Grizzlies to do a bit more than Luke Kennard, but that's just how the game goes sometimes. So we'll talk quickly about the Luke Kennard acquisition and the player that Memphis moved out and then look into the game tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. We'll also recap that game from Tuesday night where the Grizzlies played against the Chicago Bulls. Finally got a win under their belt and look to start to build some momentum now that the trade deadline and everything that comes along with that is behind them. So, again, as always, we use DraftKings for all these odds for the podcast, and I take no financial responsibility for any bets that are placed based on what I'm saying. So, all that being said, Memphis did win the game before the trade deadline against the Chicago Bulls. Final score of 104 to 89. Memphis did cover the nine and a half point spread that was on the night. Granted, no DeMar DeRozan in the lineup for the Bulls, but still, Memphis took care of business. Didn't start great in the end. Ended up getting a, a much needed win heading into that trade deadline. Um, the under 233 and a half was never in doubt. Again, Bulls only scored 89, 89 points. Grizzlies only scored 104. So, never in doubt there. Our play of the game was John Morant over 27 and a half points. He finished with 34. We also had Desmond Bain over two and a half threes, Vucevic over 11 and a half rebounds. He had 17, and Xavier Tillman under eight and a half points, who finished with six. On the losing side of things, we did miss on Desmond Bain over 21 and a half points. He finished with 17, and Vucevic under four and a half assists. He finished with six. So, again, good bounce back win for the Grizzlies following the disappointing game against the Timberwolves before that, and. Then going into the trade deadline, it seemed like some players were maybe a bit on edge, most notably Dylan Brooks in terms of if they'd even be there you know, today. But everyone still stayed put besides Danny Green, so that was the one big move that the Grizzlies did make was Danny Green is now out, and Luke Kennard comes in. Luke Kennard and a second-round draft pick swap comes in, and then Green and three second-round picks go out. Obviously, what Luke Kennard brings is another great three-point shooter, which is what Memphis needed. Desmond Bain's really the only guy in the lineup that can consistently hit threes. So bringing in Luke Kennard, who is one of the best three-point shooters statistically in the whole NBA, should help the Grizzlies in some capacity or another. I don't expect him to be a starter or play crazy minutes, but just someone to come off the bench, provide the Grizzlies some shooting in certain matchups going forward, I think was a good get for the Grizzlies. I don't think it's a needle mover, and I think they could have done more, but it looks like for whatever reason the Raptors ended up not being sellers. And then maybe when Mikel Bridges looked like he potentially was available from the Nets after the Kevin Durant trade, didn't look like the Nets were actually budging to move him and wanted to keep him to build. So Grizzlies, I would have liked to see more. I think there was stuff out there, but they hold firm. Um, I guess we'll see what happens going into the playoffs and more recently the remainder of the season. And then I guess they'll reevaluate in the summer when that time comes and, and kind of be able to have a whole summer to think things out and not try to rush anything at the end of the day. So... Compared to some of the other teams, specifically in the Western Conference, Grizzlies didn't do much of anything. But again, I like the roster. I think they're going to be competitive regardless. It would have just been like nice to see a bit more done. But you don't want to also force things and, and end up in an 
undesirable position because you were trying to make something happen and kind of like the team that Memphis is playing tonight and the Minnesota Timberwolves are in now with Rudy Gobert and looking like they more than likely or did give up way too much to acquire him and kind of how that's all played out in Minnesota. So speaking of Minnesota, obviously they were one of the biggest movers or one of the biggest pieces of the whole trade deadline. If you take out Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, kind of look at the rest of the league after those two because obviously those guys are you know, some of the biggest names probably ever to be moved out of trade deadline. Usually that doesn't happen. So from the Wolves' perspective, they moved on from most notably D'Angelo Russell, who when Memphis played the other night against the Timberwolves did have a good game. He's been good for them, but I think you just kind of apparently after the fact you hear stuff about him and Rudy Gobert not getting along, him taking shots away from Anthony Edwards, and then when Cat comes back, kind of how you know the one ball mentality. It didn't seem like D'Lo was really all there for it, so they move off of D'Lo, bring in Mike Conley, which obviously hits close to, close to home for the Grizzlies, and looks like Conley will actually be active tonight to play his first game for his new team in Memphis tonight. So kind of ironic there, but Mike Conley is a player that can kind of stabilize this Wolves offense and Wolves locker room as sometimes this can kind of be chaotic with all the young players that they do have and if Patrick Beverly was a leader for them last year imagine what someone like Mike Conley coming in the door can do so we'll see Mike Conley tonight in his new colors this was also part of the deal that had Russell Westbrook go to the Jazz along with you know Malik Beasley and Vanderbilt going out to LA so a bunch of movement and we'll see how the Wolves kind of respond with that obviously a new point guard coming in granted he has played with Rudy Gobert before is going to be a, a bit of a difference, nonetheless, in some way, shape, or form. So all this leads to Grizzlies currently being a minus seven favorite over under is set at 234.5. So Mike Conley looks like he's going to be playing. We have Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert both currently listed as questionable. So we'll talk about the game a bit and then maybe hold off to see if these guys are active before we get into some props. So the last time we saw these two teams play, Minnesota won. Minnesota's actually won the last two times. Memphis and Minnesota have met up, and then Memphis won the first game on November 11th in Memphis. So every time that these teams have played on their home court, they've won, and Memphis has been a favorite in all three games that they've played. The last game was 111-100 to 100 win in Minnesota. Minnesota was a one-point dog on the night, but Desmond Bain did not play in that game. D'Lo had 19 points, so much different lineups tonight than we saw last time. And then also Kyle Anderson in that game had a career high for the Timberwolves. 23 points in that game, also hit 4-3. So even if Anderson plays, I wouldn't expect another 23.4 three-pointer game from Kyle Anderson. No no offense to him, but I think that was kind of an anomaly, especially right now with you know his his spot in Minnesota and how that his his role kind of works out. He just had a really good game against his former team, and and that's what that was. So since the last time these two teams met up, we have seen the Wolves go 4-3 and three straight up. Most recently, they beat the Jazz 143-118 to 118 in Utah on Wednesday night. So a good win considering at the time, Utah, I think they had all their guys. or, or There's probably still some something in the air in Utah that these guys are going to be moved. But all that Minnesota can do is take care of business. They did just that. Beat Utah, Memphis in their last five games are 2-3. and three. And both these teams are in around the mid-20s in against the spread record so far this season as a whole. But at home, Memphis is 16-10-1 against the spread, while Minnesota is 11-15 on the road. So stats favor Memphis to cover in this one. And I expect Memphis to do just that. I think the weight of the trade deadline finally being off the shoulders of guys like Dylan Brooks will play a role in Memphis starting to kind of turn that corner. And all the guys have 
regardless of everything going on on the outside, have seemed to be very tight-knit, which is one of the most valuable factors of this whole roster and of the whole franchise as a whole. And I get, and me, me as well, wanting the front office to make some more moves and not leaning into this whole, you know, team chemistry thing too much. But at the same time, now that that part's over, um, in terms of Memphis maybe getting someone to help them, you know, short-term, you lean back into that team chemistry aspect of the whole thing. And, and now these guys are even probably closer than they were before this and happy that everyone stayed put. So I expect Memphis, with all that being said, to have a big game tonight, minus seven. I expect them to cover that spread. I also think that that spread would indicate that Rudy Gobert will not be playing in this game. So you have Mike Conley, Anthony Edwards, and that's really about it for the the Wolves tonight. So I like Memphis at home to cover that minus seven spread. They've proved consistently that at home they are you know one of the better teams in the whole NBA. So I wouldn't expect that to change at all. Over under, as I said before, is currently set at 234 and a half. These two teams, every time that they've played so far this season, have gone under the point total that was listed. Last time it was 236 and a half. Time before that, 232. And time before that, 233 and a half. And Memphis have gone under in nine of their last 10 games under whatever the total line was listed at the night. FedEx form was also averaging 22 or 226.4 points per game so far this season with a 13, 13, and 1 over-under record for the form. And both these teams, in terms of actually over-under record, are not great. Minnesota 28-30 and 30 in favor of the under and Memphis is, I think, right towards the bottom of the NBA in over/under respect and um, over/under records, considering how well their defense has been so far this season. So Memphis is 24-29 and one over/under record. So 24 overs, 29 unders, and one push. So Memphis again, one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. I expect this game to go under. Minnesota is averaging 115.9 points per game so far this season, which is 10th best in the NBA. Well, the Grizzlies are 10th best in points against 112.2 per game. And then Memphis offensively is 116 points per game to Minnesota's 115.5. So I say all of that to then completely switch up completely what these stats would suggest. And I'm going to actually go over here for the total. Again, Memphis 9 of the last 10 games have gone under. I think this is, as I always say, a correction type game. I also think that Memphis is just going to score the ball very well in this game. Also, no Rudy Gobert is going to be a nice luxury for Memphis, who likes to score points in the paint. Again, Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to do his thing defensively, but I think that Anthony Edwards and co. will be able to get at least enough points to get us that over. So we will go with that. For our play of the game, we are going to go with Desmond Bain over two and a half threes. He has hit this in three straight games, finally starting to up his volume again. We have seen him shoot at least seven three-pointers in every game for the last five games in a row. He's only played against Minnesota one time so far this season, went two for seven from three, but with the way that he's been shooting the ball recently, again, in the month of February, these last four games, he's shooting 51.7% from three. So volume has gone up, continuing to hit shots at a high level. I think over two and a half threes is a great bet for Desmond Bain, and I'm going to continue to ride the hot hand in terms of that until I improve it otherwise, because he's consistently hitting these threes at a high rate. And I expect him to continue to do just that. His over-under is also set at 21.5. I like that as well. Obviously, in the last four games, he is averaging 21.3 points per game. And that last game that he played against the Timberwolves, he had 24 points on November 11th. So, Desmond Bain over 21.5 points as well as over 2.5 threes are the first two plays that I have with the three-pointers being my play of the game. Dylan Brooks, currently his over-under is set at 12.5. Again, Dylan Brooks is one of the guys that 
I guess now can take a, you know, breath of fresh air, you could say, considering that he was probably the one who was most likely to be traded if the Grizzlies did make a trade. But front office stood with him. They proved that they are going to support him longer term and what he brings to the team besides offense because offensively he has been very bad, to say the least, for the Grizzlies all season, really. Um, but especially as of late, not getting double digits in the last four games in a row. Obviously, actually, the last time that he did play, Minnesota, he had 17, but Desmond Bain did not play in that game, so I wouldn't take that for anything more than what it was. And then he shot 12 shots against Chicago on Tuesday night, but I honestly think that was because he thought he was going to get traded and was trying to put on like some final performance to maybe save his career in Memphis or just say, screw it, I'm going to take a bunch of shots. He shot two for 12 from the field, one from six from three. So I like Desmond, or, um, Dylan Brooks under 12.5 points, averaging 15.1 points per game so far this season, but recently has completely fallen off, only 11.6 points per game in the month of January, and in February so far he's averaging 7.7. So Dylan Brooks under 12.5 points is my next play. Looking at Anthony Edwards now, obviously, with no one else looking like they're going to be available in the lineup, you have Anthony Edwards over-under is currently set at 29.5 points. Really, no matter who Ant goes up against, he's going to be a matchup problem just for the fact that I think he's one of the most athletic players in the whole NBA, one of the most explosive guards for sure in the whole league. He's averaging 27.3 points per game so far against the Grizzlies this season in the three games that he's played, coming off a 31-point game the other night against the Jazz. And again, the big thing is that no D'Lo in the lineup, no Cat in the lineup to take shots away from him. So either Ant's going to score or no one's going to score. So I'm going to go Ant over 29.5 points for the game tonight. Again, I think he's just going to have a volume that basically has no other option but him go over just for the amount of shots he's going to take. But with that being said, I'm going to go under his 3.5 three-pointer line. So under 3.5 three-pointers for Anthony Edwards. Again, I think he's going to score a lot of points, but he's only making 1.83s per game so far this month in a five-game sample size, shooting 25% from three in the last month. So he's not shooting the ball great from three, so I expect him to do most of his work in the interior, around the paint, mid-range, um, stuff like that. So Anthony Edwards over 29.5 points, but also going to go under on the three-pointers at 3.5. And to round it off, we are going to go with John Morant over 8.5 assists for the game tonight. He has not gotten double-digit assists in the last two games in a row after doing it four in a row before that. Had 11 last time that they played against the Timberwolves in a game that ended up being a first of two triple-doubles in a row, and he's been playing much better the last couple games. So I think John Morant gets his teammates involved and gets that over 8.5 mark for the assist total, averaging about 8.3 assists per game this season, which is fourth best in the NBA. Continue to improve as a passer pretty much every time he steps on the court. And I'm actually going to throw in John Morant over one and a half threes as well there tonight for the play. He has hit this in two of the last three games against Minnesota. Last time they played, he was three for six from three. So I expect John Morant to hit two threes tonight and cash that over. So... That is going to be all for the episode today, guys. Again, as always, I appreciate everyone for listening. I appreciate everyone for the consistent support on the podcast. Make sure to follow my Twitter at GrizzBearBets. Make sure to follow my personal Twitter at ChaseBobbit9. And make sure to follow the Grizzly Bear Blues Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. We will be back for the game on Sunday as the Grizzlies take on the Boston Celtics in Boston. Early tip-off, 1, 1 p.m. Central Time. So we'll have an early morning podcast for you guys up. And I will see you guys then. So until then, have a good weekend. Enjoy the game tonight. Go Grizzlies.